Today, I just want to minister, but I want you to relax in the Holy Spirit. Let God work in your life. And understand that God is in control. God is, he never makes mistakes. We make mistakes, and we blame him for it, but he never makes a mistake. The mistake we make is when we open our mouths and say, God did this, or God did that, and put blame on him. And the truth of the matter is, he's always righteous. Always. I was thinking this morning very early, we treat God as if he's an add-on. Many people know what I'm talking about. You go to buy a car and they say, I want to add on a radio, I want to add on a heater, I want to add on power steering. Uh, I don't know if they do that anymore, but back in my day, you could add on anything. Add-ons, add-ons. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, we treat him as if he's an add-on. And then we expect him to pour out his blessings upon us. And in our time of need, we want God to show up, even though he's an add-on. But let me just say this. God is not an add-on. God has never been and will never be an add-on. He is the great I am. He is everything. When he told Moses, I am that I am, he meant that. He is everything. And I want to say this about promises. When God says something, everybody say, his promises now. His promises are good for you now. Okay, follow me. His promises are in the now. They're not sometime, somewhere in the distant past or even in the future. They're for you right now. And I need them now. I need God to be ever-present with me, and I need to know that his blessings, his promises will always abide with me. No matter where I'm at, no matter what's going on, God is still there and with me. Do you agree to that? But the world will not agree with the statement I'm about to make. And many Christians have forgotten this truth, but you have to hear me today. God will do exactly what he said he would do. Now, the world doesn't want to accept that, and a lot of Christians want to make uh, excuses for God. Let me say this. God doesn't need you to make excuses for him. When he says a thing, he means a thing. If God declares a thing, say that, if God declares it, then you can rely on it and put your faith in it and on it. You can be, believe, have faith in it and on it. When he says a thing, the old t some would say you can take it to the bank. I promise you, if God says it, you can take it to the bank. The many times in my life I would... Uh, uh, start to do something, the Lord would say, don't go that way, and I wouldn't do it. But then there's times he'd say, this is the way. This is the way I want you to do this. And the second I hear him, I have no fear. I do exactly what he says for me to do. And when I do that, it is, to me, a blessing. And it brings forth much fruit. Why? Because when he says a thing, he will supply a thing. So follow me today because this is all about you walking in, in, in God and receiving the promises of God.
How many people want the promises of God? And we need it now. Don't tell me about me, me needing it in the sweet by and by. I need it right now. So if God declares the thing, what's going to happen? Pastor Kenny, it's going to happen just that way. And why is that so true? Why is it so true? Because it is His. It is His Word. And He honors His Word above His name. He honors it. It's His Word. And it is the same Word that in the beginning, when He stepped out in darkness and, and commanded light to come forth, it's that same Word. He's the same Word that when He spoke, when He stood and, and spoke, creation into existence the same word when he speaks a thing it comes to pass if you look if you'll only look at God and see some of the things written in scripture you'll see his nature you have to know the nature of God and his characteristics because the more you know about God the more you're going to love him more you're going to realize your need of him. But his nature and characteristics speak to who he really is. So let's get into scriptures. Numbers 23 verse 19 in the New Living Translation NLT. The Bible is very emphatic here. God is not a man. Follow what he's saying here. So see we started equating God as if he's a Steve or if he's a Chris. And he's not. Or an Alan Meshagan. You can't equate God that way. You can't define God that way. God is not a man, so he does not lie. It's an inherent within men and women to lie. They just will. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Question mark. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Question mark. I want to answer that. Absolutely not. If the Lord has ever said it, he's accomplished it. Many times when we are discouraged and feel defeated, we lose sight of what God said and what God accomplished through Jesus Christ. We lose and forget the promises he's made to us. If he said you'll live, you'll live. If he said you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed. But when we get under stress, we forget those things. And they've been given to us. I don't need God to come on a daily basis and reiterate it over and over and over and over again. He said it once. He created the heavens and earth by speaking one time. He doesn't have to speak to me over and over and over and over again. He says it and it's accomplished. So many times under stress or anxiety, we forget the promises of God. Has anyone ever forgotten those promises? Many of us have. We have to, though, we have to constantly remind ourselves the authority of God. And then, Floyd, we have to stand. When he's done all to stand, stand, therefore, the Bible says, we have to stand on God's word and claim our promises. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe it. The enemy will come to you and tell you you're making a mistake. Have you ever heard that voice in your ear saying you're making a mistake and you know you're right? 
You've got to stand on the promise and not be moved. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm standing today at the East-West Church with you. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing, now use the word, now. Not yesterday, not two weeks in the future, now. Standing. Everybody say, I stand. So no matter what I see, no matter what I'm looking at, it doesn't move me. I'll still stand. No matter what has been said to me, about me, or around me, I will not be moved. Once I've heard God speak and I know I'm going in the right direction, I will keep going in that direction. No matter what's been said, I'll stand. No matter what has happened to someone else, well, look what happened to this person. Look what happened to that person. Look what happened to Rick or George or Susie. It doesn't matter. God's promises are still his promises. I'll stand. Though I look at Job where he says, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I'm not looking at Job. I'm looking at the one who, who gave life to Job. I will stand on the everlasting, notice the term, everlasting promises of God. So listen to me. His promises, the things he said he would do, his promises will not weaken nor fade away with time. His promises will never fade away. Aren't you happy about that? Do you believe that? 2 Peter 1. In the King James Version, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied unto who? You. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power, whose power? His power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us uh, to glory and virtue. Whereby we are given unto us, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Are you seeing the power here? The whereby in verse in verse four causes us to have a to go back. <clears throat> if we go back and read the preceding verses. In this verse, we discover that God has given us his precious and magnificent promises through his divine power. So all of them are there through his divine power. Just like he spoke creation into existence, he said, you're going to be blessed. Well, when God says a thing, it has to happen. He says it happens through his divine power and our knowledge of him. Knowledge, we must fully as a people perceive and notice attentively and recognize his very nature. We have to know who he is. We as a people, as a church, we need to advance in our knowledge of God. And go forward in God. We need to know about the one who made these promises. Knowledge is power. Why? Why do I need to know God, his spirit? 
Because a promise is only as good as the one who made it. Have you ever had some people make a promise to you and you go, yeah, right. Have you ever done it? Promise? Yeah, right. But with God, I know who he is. And if you know his nature, you know that that promise is solid. I know who he is. I know his character. I know his nature. And because I know him, I recognize him fully. And because I recognize him fully, I can claim the promises of God. Will you say that with me? I can claim the promises of God. Why would you claim them, Randy? Because if he said you could have them, you can have them. So I claim them. It's mine. The only way we're going to be victorious in this hour that we're facing is that we stand on the promises of God and do not waver. There's no way we're going to make it. Some people may not agree with me, with my stand, stance with God and my belief, my belief structure system, which is I believe in God explicitly. I have faith that he can do anything. And there are some people that they want to intellectualize God and they want to come up with their own theology. I do not come up with my own theology. I know who he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I know his promises. He said it, I can have it. How can you even say that, Bishop, with confidence? 2 Corinthians 1.20 in the King James Version. I'm going to give you two versions. For all the promises of God, all of the promises of God, all the promises of God are yea, yes, and amen unto the glory of God by us. Now let's look at that in the New International Version. For no matter how many promises God has made, no matter how many, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. When we say amen, it's to the glory of God. Because I know who he is. Some of the characteristics of God is awesome. Solomon said of God's promises, you have to go back to the wisest man that ever lived according to the Bible. 1 Kings eight fifty six, Blessed be the Lord that has given us rest unto his people Israel according to all that, according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promises, which he promised by the hand of his Moses, his servant. Are you seeing that? That's important. So if God says something, he upholds it with his divine ability. If God speaks a thing, it begins to happen. Now, there's things in my life that I don't understand why it's going this way. There's things I didn't understand. I'll just be honest with you. And I thought I would be a, a lot further along than I am right now. And God says, no, I've got you where I want you because I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something different. I'm about to do something unique. I said, well, God, what if nobody understands? He says, it doesn't matter. You do what I tell you to do, and it will be blessed. How many people caught what I just said? You need to go home and pray on that. Because I will do exactly 
what God told me to do. Because there's only one way I can survive and thrive and go forward is doing what God asked me to do. Amen? So I may not understand it because I don't understand why God does it this way. Have you ever asked God, what's going on? Why is it happening this way? Why do I have to walk through this? But, you know, you have a, your tendency is to say, why, God? And God said, it's not for you to know the why. It's for you to keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Just keep on walking. The children of Israel kept getting in trouble in the desert because they kept asking, why? What are we doing this for? This makes no sense. But how many people know God knows the beginning from the end and all that's in between? So he knows what's best for us. He knows where we're going to be a year from now. He's already been there. He already knows. Matter of fact, he's already spoken into existence. I'm just ready. I'm just, wa- I'm just going to walk it out. Same thing with you. If he's already spoken into existence, all you have to do is live it out. Walk it out in faith. So, if God speaks a thing, it begins to happen. I don't question it. It may not come in my time frame or your time frame, but it'll come exactly like he says. So, we look at others. Let's look at a promise made to Abraham, a blessing. Romans 4, 19 through 22. And being not weak in faith, this is Abram. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. What is he talking about? He's too old to have a child. The man was finished. He was through. He's approaching 100 years old. I'd say he was tired. And if he wasn't tired, his wife was. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now being dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, because God said she's going to have a child. Why did God wait till she's dead in her womb and he's so old he don't even know what he's doing anymore? Why? So nobody could question the fact that this was a promised child. Sometimes, uh, this is a word for somebody here. You wondered why you were, what you were doing died. Why it's dead. Because God doesn't, will not get the glory until he resurrects that which is dead. The only way he's going to get the glory is when he takes that which has been totally dissolved and he puts it back together again. Are you seeing now? Some of the things I thought was so grand, God said, no, 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 we're gonna, I'm going to show you something. He just dissolves it, and then brings it back. So nobody can say it wasn't a promise. They can't question it. So in verse 20 of Romans 4, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for something. What was it? Righteousness. God gave him that, that moniker, that name of righteousness because of faith. Mm. So God promises, his promises, what he says he'll do with me and with you, 
will go beyond our expectations. What I expected. See, there's things I expected to see in ministry that has not happened. God's about to bring something back. Look here, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I can think big. How many of you ladies can think big? When you go shopping, how many of y'all think big? Well, I'm trying to tell you, I can think big. But he's saying, it'll go beyond my expectation. It'll go beyond what I think. Look at this. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, notice that verse, the end of that verse. He will do nothing except first there is a faith working in us. There has to be a faith that works in us according to, read it, according to the power that works in us. What's that power? The power of the Holy Spirit. Is it working in you? That's important. That's vital. So what is it grounded on? What is God, how does God ground his promises? His, all his promises are grounded and substantiated in Jesus Christ. When I say substantiated, by definition it means to establish by proof or competent evidence. Jesus is the evidence. He once was dead, but now he lives. He is the everlasting proof. I want to read again 2 Corinthians 1.20. For the promises of God in him are yea and amen.